Welcome to HOWC Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. All right, Genesis 6. We're going to do the corruption tonight. We're not going to start the Noah story, so we're going to only go up to about verse 14. But that's enough because we, we're going to dig. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And it came to pass, so remember the last chapter was the genealogy from Adam to Noah, and then it stopped. And so then it backtracks to tell you the story of what happened to leading up to Noah, because we know that in the time of Noah there was a flood, there was the wrath of God poured out on the earth, things had gotten so bad, everything had to be destroyed, and so now it kind of brings you back to give you a little backstory about what it came, what brought that about? Why did it come to that point? Because God didn't just wake up one day and say, okay, well, I'm just going to destroy everything with the flood. You, this was not something God wanted to do. It, it grieved him. He did not desire uh, this. God does not take delight in suffering. Um, there was a major corruption that came upon the earth that pretty much forced his hand to have to wipe the slate clean and start over. So, as it, And it came to pass... When men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all that they chose. I think it's kind of interesting to note uh, in verse 2 that it's very likely that the idea of multiple wives probably came from the fallen. Because we don't really see that um, in the beginning. We know God created just Adam and Eve. He created one wife. And it wasn't until a couple of generations later that we start to see multiple wives being taken. But we know that when the sons of God, which were the fallen angels, came, they took multiple wives. So, And we see in Scripture that that always caused problems. Just because something happened in the Bible doesn't mean that it was endorsed by God. So... You know, you, you see the records of those that truly had a, a good relationship with hearing from the Lord, the prophets, and they usually had one wife. And it started with Adam who had one wife. And in the New Testament, it comes back to that again, saying that those who are to be leaders in the church should be the husband of one wife. So, because I've had that, we've heard that before. You've been in ministry for any length of time, you're going to get that from some guy somewhere. Well, it's in the Bible. They had a lot of wives. Why can't I have more than one? Just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean God endorsed it. Doesn't mean it came from him. Right? He created one wife for Adam, and so that's the way he originally intended it. Okay, so it says that the angels saw that the, the daughters were fair, and they began to take wives of all they wanted, and... As this happened, God said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. So from the time that the fallen angels began to multiply uh, and take wives with the women, they began to reproduce what would be the giants in that time. Uh, from that point on, God had determined that there would be a flood. God would have to stop this and wipe this slate clean. He would not always strive, that he was striving with flesh. He was trying to 
make it work, I guess, with, with the man. Just like he does now. He strives with humanity even now, trying to bring us to a point of repentance and of doing things right. But there was such a corruption. There was a consequence that had to be determined from these sins and these actions. There was a corruption taking part. And immediately after the flood, the lifespan of humans was reduced down to because remember, we went through the genealogies last week and these people were living almost a thousand years. But something was going to change. The earth was going to change and people's lifespans were going to change and that was going to come by the way of the flood. I think for the angels, the lust was probably not as much sensual as it was a, pow a lust for power. Um, they, they want it to be gods. Even to this day, fallen angels want to be worshipped as gods. They want to be like God, so they want to be worshipped. So they want people underneath them. They want their own creation, their own children. Um, and that's part, that's why the flood came. Because God created a perfect creation, but then they started creating things that were corrupted because it was a combination of God's creation and their creation and a mixture of creation um, because they were playing God. Just like Scientists today who are controlled by those same spirits are playing God. Just like when they alter people's DNA with RNA vaccines, uh, you know, and putting things in you and they start making chimeras and all of these things that they're doing, they're playing God. But these things want it to be worshipped as God and they still do. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, the men of renown. All right. Now this is important because it says in those days, it's talking about in the flood and after that. So it happened again after the flood too. But before the flood, it got to the point to where all flesh had become corrupted. So there was no way for Jesus to come and bring redemption because all bloodlines had been corrupted and he could not come from that corrupted bloodline. He had to be the second Adam. It had to be pure Adamic blood. So even though the same processes started again after the flood, it had been interrupted enough for there to still be a pure Adamic bloodline by the time Christ comes. And when Christ comes, it doesn't matter what blood you have because he redeems us. He cleanses the blood. In fact, probably most all Gentiles have some amount of, of graphium Nephilim blood in them, uh, but that doesn't matter anymore because we're, our blood is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. That's part of the reason for it. That's part of him coming to uh, redeem the Gentiles and bring us all into the family. He, they were trying to prevent Jesus by corrupting the bloodline. Jesus actually comes and prevents their plan by redeeming the bloodline. So it says that there were giants in the earth in those days and also after. In the Hebrew, the same word for giant is the word for ghost. It's also a word that they use for their demon. Um, you see raphium a lot in scripture. When the, the Hebrews talked about the raphium or the raphadim, they were talking about the giants, but they did not have a separate word for ghost or demons, that it was all the same thing. The reason for that was because these corrupted things that were born of, a, of these evil spirits, when they died in the flood, their physical body died because that part was mortal,
but the spiritual part still lived. And they couldn't go to heaven, and there was no place for them. That's why God created hell, actually, was for the devil and his angels. It was for them, but also for everyone now who follows and serves and obeys them, because those spirits were loosed. But those spirits were loosed till the day of judgment. They're going to be judged at the end. So when you hear people talking to the dead, they're talking to the raphium, the ghost, or the demons, right? So when you die, a human, a normal human, the Bible says that, you know, as soon as you die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord if you belong to the Lord. If not, you're going to, to hell or to the, the holdings, those places until the judgment. But the demons... Those that were of this bloodline, those are the ghosts, those are the, the demons that we have now. Remember, God did not create demons. God created humans, and God created angels. Angels, the fallen ones, created demons. So, the giants, the ghosts, the demons, the raphium, it's all the same word in, in the Hebrew. They do not make any differentiation. Now, it says they became the mighty men of old, the men of renown. So I want you to think back into antiquity, pre-flood. The deities that were worshipped, these gods, these demigods, the kings of old, the legends, the titans, the gods of the pagans, that's what these were. They were the half-breed, the children of the fallen angels that were born as giants. Titan, the word titan means giants. That's where the titanic, the name titanic comes from, the titans, the giants. The, right, the, all the mythologies of these, you know, demigods and Hercules and, uh, and the chimeras, all these things were happening. Um, they were the men of renown. They were the ones that people worshiped and looked up to because they had superhuman strength and ability and powers because they were part angelic and they were very intelligent. You look back to the gods of antiquity, you know, like the gods of the Mayans and the Aztecs. And their, their technology and their mathematical skill still surpasses us today. Where were they getting that knowledge? From their gods. It was from these fallen angels and from these half-breeds. And in every culture in the world, you had this. You think about it, in all of the cultures, you had these huge megalithic structures. These massive structures that to this day we cannot figure out and we do not have the technology or the machinery to be able to reconstruct. Who was building that? The giants. Just research just the megalithic structures. There are structures with, you know, 20 ton blocks per block. And, and there's no mortar and everything. And it comes from quarries that are like, you know, 10,000 miles away. And, and there is technology involved in this. Now, part of all of that is why the flood came. Because if you have a major event like the flood, it's wiping out everything. And to be honest, it doesn't take long for technology to degrade. Even if it's not buried in the flood, it's going to be destroyed. I mean, they'll tell you that plastic lasts 10,000 years in a month. That's not true. Your lawn furniture doesn't last three summers. <laughs> it's going to fall apart. The only thing that's going to last is stone. And they knew that because they knew the flood was coming. Remember that God determined from the beginning that he was going to have to deal with this and wipe it out. They knew the flood was coming. So they built structures like the pyramids. They put their records in stone because they knew that's all that would survive. And even in like the Dead Sea Scrolls there, I mean, there were records and even in, you know, Enoch's records, they knew these things were coming. 
Now, this isn't in the Bible, but it says that there was a count. They, call, they called it the Council of Monsters, but it was these things that they had created, these half-breeds, because they were having dreams and they knew the flood was coming. And it says that they they counseled together what they should do. And they called Enoch, which was Noah's grandfather. He was a scribe and he was close to God to go and, and petition to God for them that they might have mercy and, and not God would not bring this flood. In the book of Enoch, it says that God's response to them was that angels were created to intercede for men, not men for angels. I'm going to show you some, some records from antiquity that shows you that, yeah, it's fun. This is, to me, this stuff, the truth is stranger than fiction. Reality, to me, is more interesting than anything Hollywood can come up with. And they do a very thorough job of trying to hide it, but they can't. The truth is there. The Smithsonian's job is to rush in and snatch up anything that has anything to do with the giants, the fallen, or the Nephilim. That's why as soon as there's a dig or a find in America, you have to notify the Smithsonian because it's their job to snatch it all up. Okay, but all of these ancient deities, these gods, these men of renown and all of that, that's what they were. Remember that Paul says in the New Testament that the Gentiles didn't really know what they were worshiping but that when they honored their gods, they were actually sacrificing to demons. The demons are the spirits of the half-breeds, and that's what those demigods were. And when they sacrificed, they were sacrificing to them. And they didn't understand what they really were dealing with. In the same manner that when we talk about the spirit of Jezebel, Jezebel was her name, but what we're actually talking about are the spirits that Jezebel had that gave her a certain character. So when these people are saying, you know, say the name, say the name, what they're really doing is summoning and coming into agreement with this. There is power in the name. Science is getting to the point where they can't hide this history that we're talking about too well anymore. So at this point, because they can't hide it, they repackage it and tell you that it was ancient aliens. Because people are beginning to uncover things and share things on the internet and all of this and you see the the megalithic structures and you you can go on google earth and look into the rainforest and see the pyramids all over the world in every country and every continent on the planet there's pyramids and megalithic structures and it's like how did that happen so for the people to not um question the reality of this they begin to tell you that it was ancient aliens some otherworldly civilization it's not too far from the truth, but it does hide the nefarious nature yeah. uh, of what they really were because they were fallen angels, they were half-breeds, they were genetic mutations and manipulations that brought violence, corruption, and destruction to the beautiful world that God had created. Things got so genetically corrupted that God had to send the flood to wipe the slate clean and start again. Think of the cruelty that we see in the ancient cultures that were ruled by these evil demigods, like the Aztecs, for example. You think about the those that were ruled by, by you know, Quetzalcoatl and all of these, these evil gods where they were ripping people's hearts out while they were alive, sacrificing humans by the, the tens of thousands. Every culture that was run by these things was very, 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 prevalent. very prevalent, very evil. Um, 
very cruel. The, in fact, the Bible literally says that God sent the flood partially because the whole earth was filled with violence. And it was from that. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So for those who would say, oh, God was so evil to send the flood. Oh, that was so terrible. No, it says by the time God was so merciful, he gave them so much space for repentance and so much time to try to get this right. Now, remember, the devil can't do anything unless we allow him. We have to come into agreement. These people had to agree to participate in the things that were happening. They were promised power. They were promised, you know, technology, whatever, knowledge, just like in the Garden of Eden. They were promised knowledge and, and rule over others. So they did it. But their thoughts, the people had become so wicked that it says their thoughts. They could imagine anything. They could do anything. They had obviously, you know, such wisdom. The things that they were taught, the things that we see in, in the ancient cultures that were so magnificent, and yet they used it to do nothing but wicked, only evil things continuously, it says. So when God sent the flood, he waited a long time and waited mercifully for people to change or to repent. But he, he waited until it got to the point to where there was no good left other than Noah. That's how merciful he was. And he had to wipe it completely clean. It's like if you have a garden and, and there's a few good plants in it and you keep fighting the weeds and fighting the weeds and fighting the weeds. And then you come to the point where there's literally nothing but weeds left. It's not worth fighting for. There's nothing left but weeds. So you just burn it. That's basically what happened. And, and Noah was not only the only righteous man left, but again in God's mercy, trying to redeem from the wicked, Noah, he had Noah preach righteousness for 120 years, trying to get people saved to get on the ark or to prevent the need for the flood in the first place. 120 years after there was nobody left righteous but Noah, God is still trying to redeem some back in but they wouldn't. So eventually the door was shut. God himself closed the door. All right, verse six. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. That's very sad. God did not want to have to do bring the flood. He did not want to have to destroy creation. He didn't want to have to do what he was about to do. It literally grieved his heart. And he, to repent means to turn away from. He regretted that he had even made humans because they had brought so much suffering to creation by aligning themselves and coming into agreement with these evil spirits. Chapter 6, verse 6. Just to throw that out there. That's a very sad verse. 6-6. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Now, it wasn't just humans. He said, I'll have to destroy them, the animals, the land, everything. There was a genetic corruption that had gone into everything. Now, remember that 
Jesus said that when he returned, the earth would be just like it was in the days of Noah. So now we see our crops being genetically manipulated. God made things right, healthy, and, and man has destroyed it because they're listening to those same spirits again. They're genetically modifying things. Um, the animals were messed up, genetically modified. You see things in, in antiquity that were chimeras. Chimera means a combination of creatures. When you see things in mythology that were like mixed creatures, those things were happening because all of this, it wasn't just the humans that were being mixed genetically, but they were doing it with the animals as well. I even question if, if some of the uh, dinosaurs that we see in the, the fossil record were not some of their creations because God did not create a violent world. It says that because the mixture, because of what they did, the violence came. So God did create some dinosaurs, but in the beginning, nothing ate meat, and it wasn't violent. We, we learned in the genealogy uh, last week that Noah means comfort. And we talked about how, you know, even in the midst of all of this, with the flood and everything coming, uh, that it was a comfort that Noah was going to preserve human creation. In this, I think we see probably the more accurate or deeper, I mean, with, with things, there's always multiple meanings, but when it talks about how God was grieved that he had created man, God was grieved that he was going to have to send this flood. He was grieved that he was going to have to destroy the animals and the creatures and all of this stuff. And then we get Noah, whose name means comfort. I think Noah was a comfort to God because Noah was a righteous man. And Noah preached righteousness. So even in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, when you choose to trust God and try to, even if nobody listens, because nobody listened, but he tried. And I think Noah was a comfort to God's grieving heart that there was one that was going to do right, that was going to try. Even in the midst of judgment and all of this stuff happening, God was so grieved, but Noah was a comfort to him. God's heart was so broken by the wickedness of man. Then comes Noah, a preacher of righteousness. I think Noah was a comfort to God's grieving heart. He gave him hope for man as he trusted and obeyed God and tried to save the wicked. He preached repentance for 120 years. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Okay, let me explain this. It says these are the generations of Noah. That was the chapter before when it gave you the lineage from Adam to Noah. When it says Noah was a perfect man, a perfect in his generations, it's not talking about perfect in his actions, though he was a just man and he was righteous, so not to take that away from him. But it means that he was the only one left who was still 100% Adamic human. He was still perfect genetically, generationally from Adam all the way to him. All the others had corrupted themselves with these fallen and mixed the bloodlines and partaken of whatever genetic craziness was going on in that time period. Uh, some kind, you know, transhumanism. They're, they're promoting transhumanism now. So even today we see this push for transhumanism and how we can make ourselves better and we can change, just like, you know, we've genetically modified the crops, we can genetically modify our people, we can, I mean, even, even with the vaccine, 
we know for a fact that the mRNA vaccines um, changes your DNA. And we know for a fact that even the COVID vaccine introduced a protein into the DNA of those who took it that has never before been seen on earth. It's not a natural protein. It is completely synthetic. It is something not of the earth. Therefore, there is now a protein that God did not create within the DNA of these people. And, and that's, that's altering. That's making something different. And that's basically what was happening. Just like anything else, it's going to be passed on in your DNA. So it was things like that that were happening. And it says that they all corrupted themselves with it. So then God was like, I have to wipe the slate clean because it's his plan had to come for us to have redemption. And the enemy was trying to prevent it. Let's go. We're, all, we're only going to go to 14. So let's go. And then we'll look at the, the images. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. We'll talk about them later after the flood. The earth also was corrupted before God. And the earth was filled with violence. We talked about that a little bit, kind of the same way the earth is starting to be corrupted now through the genetic modification of plants and animals. Um, experimental things happening. Um, the military is experimenting and other countries are experimenting even now with animals, with chimeras, with trying to create beasts for military use and all of that. It's already happening, uh, but there are governmental laws set in place all over the world to regulate experimentation um, on human chimeras, which means that it's happening. And even if there's laws, people are not following them. Um, so those things are happening. And Jesus very plainly told us that when he returned, it would be just like it was in the days of Noah. So it's going to get as crazy as things were, as crazy as you see in the fairy tales about the gods of old and all of that. It's going to get that crazy again before Jesus returns. The earth was full of violence from both man and beast. Men were wicked and selfish. Giants were cannibalistic. And the animals were chimeric. The giants, uh, both in the Bible and in Enoch's records, because they were so big, they were eating up the inhabitants of the land and the animals, gluttony. Um, they were, they had become cannibalistic where they were eating people. A lot of these human sacrifices that we see in these ancient cultures were cannibalistic. It was very, very, very wicked. It does say in, um, when Joshua and them came to Canaan and there were giants in the land, that was part of the bad report, report when they, when they came back and they told them, we can't take on these giants. We're like grasshoppers to them and they eat up the inhabitants of the land. So they were afraid of them because they were huge and they were cannibalistic. And we see that permeated even through the cultures, even down to today. We were, you know, the stories from England and, and, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk. You know, when they relayed those stories through the generations and Jack goes to the giant and the giant says, fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman, I'll grind you bones to make me bread. You know, it, it's a throwback to those giants that they were eating people. And again, Jesus said that when he came, it would be just like it was. I think we're getting back now to where it was then. I honestly, the scientific breakthroughs and technologies that we have now are bringing us to the point of the destruction 
of the wrath coming back again that happened then. So I think the technology, all the, all of the stuff was there. Jesus said it's going to be just that same way again. And I think the things that are happening now are leading us back to, to that point. This is probably also where most of your Atlantis legends come from. You know, this technologically advanced culture that was destroyed in a flood and drugged to the bottom of the sea. Every culture in the world has an Atlantis story. Every culture in the world has a flood legend. These things really did happen. They may have different names in different cultures, but they happened. So next verse, we're almost done. And then we'll look at the graphics. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. God is so merciful that he actually tarried until all flesh had corrupted itself before he moved to destroy the earth. Only Noah and his family were still Adamic humans and trusted God, and he was faithful to save them. So this isn't a story about a wrathful, vengeful God that was just evil and destroyed. All. No, this was a story of a merciful God that pushed it to the utter limits until literally all flesh had corrupted themselves. I think it's important to note too also that it says all flesh had corrupted itself. This is not something they were forced to do. They participated in partaking in something that corrupted them, that gave them some form of what they thought was betterment, but it was a detriment. So be careful when you hear stuff today about transhumanism and all these things that alter your DNA or make you better. Um, these lies have been told before throughout history, and it brought about the flood and the wrath of God. So we need to be cautious of these things. Go ahead. I'm going to go to 14 and we'll stop. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. And we're going to stop there. Next week, we'll get into um, the ark and the flood story some, but we're going to stop right now with this because it's pretty deep and we have some images to look at and I'm probably questions and topics. This is a very serious, serious thing that was taking place then, but this is still taking place now. Now, the devil was more open then because it was his first run. He's gotten a little bit wiser to it, kind of, and he's doing it now more covertly. But there will likely be a time before the return of Christ where he comes more open with it. You know, a lot of these things, like I said, they, they don't cover it up so much anymore, but they'll tell you that it was ancient aliens. And they're setting the stage for people to worship these deities that'll come and be their savior, you know, when things get crazy. When, you know, the wrath of God begins to pour out, this event that caused the flood happens not just in an instant, but there are birth pains that lead up to it. It happened then, and it will happen again. Now, in actuality, it happened roughly 2,000 years after creation. Then 2,000 years after that, it should have happened again. That's when the end should have came, but that's when Jesus came instead. He stayed God's wrath and took all of the wrath upon himself. He drank that cup and caused it to to stay for another 2,000 years. In fact, that's why when he was on the cross, there was an earthquake and the sun went black. 
because that's the first sign of the wrath happening. If you read Revelations and you read about the wrath of God pouring out in the end when Jesus comes back again, the, the, the big trigger is a huge earth, global earthquake and the sun going black. So we saw that happen at the crucifixion for just a moment and then it pulled back. And then that's when the Roman soldier said, surely this man was the son of God. That's when the wrath should have happened again. But Jesus came, brought righteousness, took the wrath upon himself to give us another 2,000 year window to do what Noah did and preach repentance and try to get people on the ark. But it's coming up again and we're back at that window again. So it will happen again. So we have to understand the things that cause it and the things that trigger it. We'll get into that a little bit later on when we talk about the, the covenants because it does say that the wrath will come on the earth again because they did not keep the ordinances of the everlasting covenant because God makes a covenant with Noah. And there are things that are happening now that are not in alignment with that. So this thing is deep. This thing is very important. This is seems like so much to take in and so hard to understand. But the earth was very different then. After the flood, the earth was changed so much that it shortened our lifespans because the environment became so much more difficult. Then it, it triggered the flood. The next time it's going to trigger global fires. And then the earth is going to be changed even more. So we're seeing whole changes and shifts in the entire planet that affects everything on it. But we're going to take it in little bits and bites. And we're going to look now at some images. First, I'm going to show you some things from antiquity. These are going to be uh, carvings from the Babylonians, from the Egyptians, from the Assyrians, uh, from the Sumerians, the ancient cultures that carved things into their walls as records. A lot of these were records that they kept, that cultures kept even pre-flood because they knew the flood was coming and stone is the only thing that would survive it. Um, and you're going to see things that you're going to recognize from these stories that these were not just stories, that these were actual events that were taking place. Thank you for joining us today. This program was brought to you by HOWC Media Ministries. For more messages like this or information about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.